Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. Well, good morning, everybody. Well, this morning we are going to be looking at 10,000 reasons to thank our God. That's my title. I'll have 10,000 points, so <laughs> be here for a while today. <laughs> so let's pray. Lord, how can we thank You enough for all Your kindness to us? Lord, what we just saw a few minutes ago with baby Quinn, we just thank You. You are so good and kind, so good in so many ways, Lord. We just ask You to please speak to us this morning through Your Word, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that You would just uh, bless our children's ministry this morning, everything that's happening there. Bless those children. Lord, bless every church in this area that is preaching the Gospel. We just pray You would save people all over this region, Lord for Your glory. And just let thanksgiving just ascend to Your name, Lord, from all over the world. Lord, and bless Claire in Africa and let let praise ascend to Your name, Lord, from every place all around the world. Just bring Your kingdom, we pray, and save multitudes in every place. And Lord, we just thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I was thinking that since we will be celebrating Thanksgiving this week, I, I thought it might be a good idea to, to get on the worldwide interweb and search out signs that someone ate too much that day. Maybe this can help us as we think about this, but some, some signs that you ate too much for Thanksgiving. So we'll project these hopefully one at a time. So the first sign that you ate too much on Thanksgiving would be you are responsible for a slight but measurable shift in the earth's axis. <laughs> so um, if, 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 if you're standing there and you suddenly feel that, it, it might be a sign that you ate too much. Um, second one. Paramedics bring in the jaws of life to pry you out of the easy boy chair. I know Tim McKelvey has one of those, so that if, if you see the jaws of life there, it could be a sign he ate too much. Third sign, the potatoes you use set off another famine in Ireland. <laughs> I can't believe I'm sharing these. These are so corny. <laughs> You, uh, next sign, you ate too much for Thanksgiving. You receive a sumo wrestler application in your email. <laughs> next sign, you set off three earthquake seismographs on your morning jog Friday. <laughs> I like this next one. Pricking your finger for cholesterol screening only yielded gravy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the last one, 
representatives from the Butterball Hall of Fame called twice. <laughs> so, uh, our tradition in this country for Thanksgiving, uh, you probably know this, began with the colonists of Plymouth Plantation, Massachusetts, who after their first harvest held a feast in the fall of 1621 in which local Native American chiefs and tribesmen participated. So that was the first Thanksgiving. But the first national Thanksgiving authorized by the federal government took place in 1789, which was the first year of George Washington's presidency, which I would not have been able to tell you had I not read it. I would not know when he started. So, 1789. And he issued a proclamation recognizing November 26th as a day of public thanksgiving and prayer. And here's a little bit from his proclamation. By the President of the United States, a proclamation. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. Can you imagine hearing that today? It's the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me, quote, to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God. Now therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday the 26th of November next to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or will be. Can you imagine our government today making a proclamation like that? That's, that's amazing. That's incredible. And, you know, though our, our nation, we as a nation, supposedly, we celebrate Thanksgiving once a year. But we who believe in Jesus Christ should celebrate it every single hour of every day. We should be the most thankful people on the face of the earth. God has done such incredible things for us. So why? If I make, if I make a statement like that, that we should be thankful every day, every hour, we should be the most thankful people on the face of the earth. Why? Well, we'll have a couple reasons this morning. 10,000. So, reason number one out of 10,000. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, first of all, we should give thanks because God commands us to. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And then Ephesians 5.20 Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, obviously God doesn't want us to thank Him for tragedies and thank Him for horrible things, but we can thank Him that He causes all things to work together for our good. 
And, and I, I, I have been too quick at times to, to talk to people when they're suffering horrible things and to tell them too quickly to give thanks in all things. But I, I do believe that we, we can give thanks that God is sovereign over all things. God is loving, even though we may not see it or understand it. God is wise, infinitely wise in all things. And so God says, giving thanks always and for everything. And I think, God, You commanded this. I don't understand this command at times. There have been times when something happened in my life and I, I, just, I, I didn't understand how God could say to give thanks. But when we, when we give thanks, especially when we can't see why, it's an act of faith. It's an act of trust in God. And it's an act of obedience. And I, I tell myself, and I've, I've uh, encouraged myself over many, many years that all of God's commands are for our joy and gladness in Him. He doesn't command us to do things just to exercise His power because He's God. He doesn't command us to give thanks to Him because He needs our thanks. No. When God commands us to do anything, whether it's to serve others or give or give thanks or whatever God's commands are, they're for our joy and our benefit. And we may not see that initially, but if we obey God's commands, eventually it will result in our joy and gladness in Him. So if God's, all God's commands are, are perfect and righteous, and if He commands us to give thanks, it's the right thing for us to do. So what, first of all, before we get too far into this, what does it mean to be thankful? Well, if you look at a dictionary, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines thankful as conscious of a benefit received. Or conscious of some blessing. And so, sometimes people pray for what we are about to receive make us truly thankful. So, first, we're, we're conscious of a benefit or a blessing. Second, Definition of thankful is well-pleased or glad for something that happened or didn't happen. For example, I was thankful that it didn't rain. I was was thankful that I got the money to pay my taxes, whatever it would be. So it's being conscious of a benefit, and it's being well-pleased or glad about something that happened or didn't happen. So we should be thankful if we're conscious of some benefit or gift we have received. Now, I was thinking about this too. When someone gives us a gift, it's, it's natural and right for us to be thankful. If I came up to you some Sunday and I said, hey, Christy and I just want to give you a gift, so we're giving you and your family uh, a Caribbean cruise. Or we felt led to give by God to give you $10,000. Well, that's never happened. We've never done that. Don't expect it to happen. <laughs> but if I came up to you and I said, I just feel God wants us to give you $10,000, you would probably say, what? 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Are you serious? You're giving us a cruise? Are you serious? Why? And I would say, well, we just love you and wanted to bless you. Now, can you imagine if I handed you a check for $10,000 and you took it, looked at it and said, hmm, $10,000, that's interesting. Stuffed it in your pocket. You just that that you know when we receive some benefit or some gift, it's natural for us to want to give thanks. When we recognize a benefit, when we something happens or doesn't happen, and so Thanksgiving is a time nationally, but it's a time for us to remember all the blessings we have received. First of all, from living in this nation. But it's a time as believers in Jesus, it's, it's a good time for us to just remind ourselves of all the benefits and blessings we've received from God and to be thankful. And so James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good gift we enjoy is from God, our Father. And the greatest gift, the greatest gift of all God has given us is His Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son, His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus Christ is God's greatest gift to us. He gave us His Son. He couldn't have given us any greater gift. There is no greater gift than God's Son, Jesus. If He would have given us a galaxy or planets or whatever, all the riches In the universe, that would not be any kind of gift that compares with Jesus. And so Isaiah 9, 6 says, For for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then Romans 8, 32, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously or freely give us all things? In other words, what Paul is saying in Romans is God has given us the greatest gift of all. His Son, Jesus. So, if He gave us the greatest gift, will He not graciously give us all other good things that we need? Charles Spurgeon, I've shared this before and I will continue to share this as long as I'm able to be in this pulpit. Charles Spurgeon once said, I have heard of some good old woman in a cottage who had nothing but a piece of bread and a little water. Lifting up her hands, she said as a blessing, What? All this in Christ too? She clearly knew that if she had Jesus, she had everything. What? All this and Christ too? 
That'd be good for us to say on Thanksgiving, wouldn't it? So we'd look at our tables. What? All this and Christ too? A gift, a gift is something that we don't deserve or that we have not earned. Think about this. God doesn't owe us anything. You know, sometimes we, we think to ourselves, we're going through a hard time, or I've seen people, you see it on television or whatever, somebody's going through a hard time, and they say, I don't deserve this. Yes, you do. You deserve worse. <laughs> you know, we, we don't deserve anything. God doesn't owe us anything. That's why we should be thankful. Everything we have is a gift. If we deserved it, or if we had earned it, there'd be no reason to thank God for it. We didn't deserve God to give us the gift of Jesus. He didn't have to do that. We had all sinned against a holy, righteous God. We had spit in God's face with our lives. We had ignored the Holy One. We had mocked Him. We had disobeyed Him. God, the only thing that would have been right and deserving is if He had sent us to hell for eternity. But He gave us the gift of Jesus and all the blessings that come in Jesus and saved us and forgave our sins and paid for our sins as a gift. God is so loving and wonderful and amazing that He gave Jesus to us while we were still sinners and had no interest in Him. Romans 5.8 says, look at this, Romans 5.8, but God shows His love for us or God demonstrates His love for us in that while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. What, what happened for us? On the cross, Jesus became our substitute. He took our place. We should have been there. And God placed all our sins upon Jesus as if Jesus had committed them. All the sins of the world as if Jesus had committed them. And God poured out His wrath on Jesus in our place. Jesus took the punishment we deserved that we should have had. Why didn't it happen to us? Why didn't we receive the wrath we deserve? Because Jesus took it. So we will not have to go to hell and suffer for our sins for all eternity if we believe in Jesus and call upon Him and trust in Him. Turn to Him with all our hearts. But wait, there's more. that, That would be, if that's all God did for us, that would be enough, wouldn't it? If all God had done was wiped away our sins, forgiven our sins, cleansed us and washed us clean, made us acceptable to Him, that would be be wonderful. That would be all we would ever need. But wait, there's more. If we have the gift of Jesus Christ, then we have every good thing 
And Jesus Christ is our treasure. We, we can't even fathom it. I mean, we, most of us have probably seen movies. You've seen movies like, um, you know, this will show my age here, but like National Treasure. There's other movies where there's a scene in a movie. An Indiana Jones type scene. Some of you old people have heard of Indiana Jones. Well, there's, a, there's these scenes in movies where all of a sudden, the, 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 peop, the heroes or the, the main characters are in this movie and they walk into a cave and this gigantic room opens up and it's filled with treasures. You've seen movies like that. There's this, the room is just mountains of gold coins, gold statues, all kinds of jewels heaped up in glorious piles of, of gems and jewels. And the room is just gleaming and, and you know, it just takes your breath away. And it, it just astounds the characters in the movie. And they, they you begin to walk through the room and they just can't believe it. There's just treasures all around them. Well, Jesus is infinitely more of a treasure than that. He is our treasure. And someday, when we walk into heaven and we see the face of Jesus Christ in all His infinite glory, we will fall on our faces and praise Him forever. Do you ever think about this? We who believe in Jesus Christ, the Bible says we will get to gaze on His face. On the face of Jesus Christ. Even the highest angels in heaven. In Isaiah 6, it says that the seraphim are flying around the throne and they have to cover their face with their wings. These are the highest creatures in heaven. They have never sinned. And they cannot look upon the glory of God because His glory is infinite. And they're creatures. And so they're covering their eyes and they cover their feet because their feet show that they're creatures and they're so aware. But we who believe in Jesus will someday get to gaze on the face of Jesus Christ. And that I can't even imagine it. You know, we have so much in Jesus. It's, it's this treasure room that we can't even imagine. First of all, in Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. That would be enough to praise God for every day of our lives. But not only eternal life, we have complete and total forgiveness of every one of our sins. Not only that, we are now sons and daughters of God. We are in God's family. The Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ. We're going to share in the inheritance and the treasures that Jesus earned by His life. We're, we're going to share in that. Talk about a gift. <laughs> Even the, uh, we're, we're called sons and daughters of God. Even the angels are not called sons and daughters. We have complete and total access to the throne of God as Joe talked about last week. We can approach the throne of God anytime, day or night. 
the very throne of the ruler of heaven and earth. He invites us. He says, come to me. Bring your needs anytime while you're driving your car. When things are getting rough for you, whatever. Come to me. The Bible just, just goes on and on and talks about how we are just so infinitely blessed in Christ. And so Psalm 73, 25 says, and 26 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God is my portion. Whom have I in heaven but you? There's nothing on earth I desire besides you. Here's how the Apostle Paul put it in Philippians 3.8. He says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Nothing worth more. Nothing better. Nothing Everything else is lost compared to knowing Jesus. And he says, for his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So what Paul is saying is, if I had all the riches in the world, if I had mansions and wealth and fame and every good thing this world could offer, it's all rubbish. It's all garbage compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, my Lord. And Paul says, I'll give up everything for his sake. I'll suffer the loss of all things. If you know Jesus Christ, if you have believed in Him, if you have called upon the name of the Lord Jesus to save you, if you have turned to Him with all your heart, then you are richer than Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft. You're richer than Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, or Mark Zuckerberg, creator of Facebook. If you know Jesus, you are infinitely richer. You know, there, there, there are times that I'm sure like all of us, I can be tempted to, to be envious of, of others. Can be you know drive through a rich neighborhood and see these incredible houses and you know whatever. And Proverbs twenty three says, "Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future for you, and your hope will not be cut off." You know, so I have to remind myself, Lord, help me not be envious. But I need to remind myself. I have Jesus Christ. I, I have infinite Jesus. You are my treasure. You are my portion. All of us who believe in Jesus, we are rich. Jesus is not only the greatest gift, but all other gifts are in Jesus. This is another reason we should give thanks. 
Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, or praise the Lord, or give thanks to the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Remember, being thankful is being aware of God's benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, all your sins. What a benefit. We've already talked about that. Who heals all your diseases. And even if, even if it doesn't happen in this life, it's going to happen. We will have, be completely healed in heaven. And God has healed many of us and worked miracles in our lives. But someday, He will completely heal us. Who redeems your life from the pit who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. All these gifts are in Jesus. Every spiritual gift. The Corinthians, the Corinthians had lots of spiritual gifts. But they started to get puffed up and arrogant and proud and look down on others who didn't have the same spiritual gifts. You. Me! You, me! You, me! Oh, yeah, you have the gift of tongues. I got the gift of healing! You know, and Paul, Paul says, 1 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7, he says, I've applied all these things to myself and Apollos, For your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. Don't get puffed up, he says. For who sees anything different in you? This is an incredible verse here. What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? What do you have that you did not receive? Ask yourself that. Think about everything in your life. Think about all your possessions. Think about all the good gifts you have. Think about any spiritual gifts and strengths that you have. What do you have that you did not receive? Do any of us have a reason to be proud of any gifts, spiritual or natural talents? We didn't give them to ourselves. They're from God. The giver of every good gift. We didn't deserve them. We didn't earn them. He just gave them to us. Have you prayed for someone and seen them healed? God did that. Not you. Are you gifted at evangelism or are you gifted at serving in some way? God gave you that. Are you gifted at business or teaching or sports or computers or music or whatever? Where did that come from? God. What do you have that you did not receive? But you know, you might say this, but, but wait a minute, Mark. I studied really hard. I worked really hard to get good at that. Well, who gave you the ability to study hard? 
Who gave you the perseverance and strength? God. Who gave you the ability to be diligent? God. Who put you in a place where you could go to school and learn these things? Who put you in a place where you could get that job? God. It's all from God. Sometimes I, sometimes I just say, Lord, thank you for putting me in this nation. Thank you for putting me here where all these blessings are available. God has given every single believer in Jesus spiritual gifts. You, if you believe in Jesus, you have spiritual gifts. You have at least this one spiritual gift, probably many. And you may not even know what those gifts are, but God will make it clear to you. God will show you. All you need to do is just keep seeking Jesus. Keep just trying to serve wherever you can. And He'll make your gifts clear. So, so when you start to see those gifts come out in your life, be thankful, every one of us, because God gave it to us. What do you have that you did not receive? Here's one of my favorite verses. If God has blessed you, maybe you have developed your gifts and God has blessed you in those gifts. And maybe you're thinking, you know what? I developed them. I used them. Yeah, God gave it to me, but I am the one who developed them and accomplished so much with them. Well, let me give you this verse from Isaiah 26.12. O Lord, You will ordain peace for us, for You have indeed done for us all our works. You have done for us all our works. And the Berean Study Bible, I like the way it puts it, You will establish peace for us, for indeed, all that we have accomplished, You have done for us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that incredible? So if you're at a place in your life where you can look back and think, man, look at, look at all I've accomplished. God did it all for you. All that we have accomplished, you have done for us. We have no reason ever to be proud. Any good thing that God has done in our church, it's not us. God did it for us. If we've accomplished anything, whatever it would be, God did it for us. Now when, when we give thanks to God for all His gifts... It honors Him. See, God has done so much for us. We, we want to honor Him. We want to glorify God. Well, giving thanks is this, one of the simplest ways to glorify God. You say, I want to glorify God in my life. What do I need to do? What great work must I do to glorify God? I'll tell you a very... A very simple way to honor God and glorify Him. Give Him thanks. You can, start, you can glorify God every single day of your life. You can start glorifying God as soon as you get up in the morning. Psalm 50 says, "Yep, He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And the ESV translates it, 
the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. So, you want to glorify God? I, I know you do. If you have believed in Jesus, I know that He has put it into your heart by the Holy Spirit that you want to glorify God. So I'm not trying to convince anybody. I'm not, I'm not trying to persuade people who are sitting there saying, I don't want to glorify God. I know you want to glorify God. I want to. <laughs> and it's so simple. God gives us such a simple way. How hard is it to say thank you? <laughs> How much work does that take? We can say thank you all day long and it's not going to wear you out. It's so easy. And we can glorify God like that. We glorify God when we thank Him when we sing together and we, we sing His songs and sing praises together. We glorify God when we thank Him before our meals. When we thank Him as we're driving our cars for keeping us safe. And all the safe trips He's given us. The thousands of miles of safe trips He's given us. We're taken off on a trip as we're about to pray for protection. We can say, Lord, thank You for all the thousands of miles You've kept us safe. When we and we can glorify God. So, the, ba the, the big idea that we've just been talking about is because of all God has given us in and through Jesus. Because of all God has given us in Jesus and through Jesus, we should always overflow with thanks. God has given us the greatest gift, Jesus Christ. And in Jesus, He's given us salvation. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us every spiritual blessing he blesses us every day. Our Heavenly Father blesses us with life and gives us every breath and every heartbeat. Strength, health, our eyes, our ears, our ability to think, talents, abilities, our homes to live in, and 10,000 blessings besides. So let's, let's, let's stand, let's pray, and let's sing to the Lord. Let's thank Him for the thousands and thousands of blessings He's given us in Jesus. Father, Father, how, how can we thank You enough? We can't. But we, we want to glorify You. We want to honor You. And so, Lord, we, we want to give You thanks, especially for Jesus Christ. Especially for Jesus and Lord, if there's anyone here who has not yet turned to You and called upon You and trusted in You, please help them to do that right now. And you can do it. You can. If, if you haven't, you can just say, Jesus, please save me. I believe in You. I believe all that Mark said. I believe all that Your Word says about You. Save me. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my King. Be my Master. Be my Ruler. And He will fill you with blessings. Lord, we just thank You. We just ask, Father, that You would help us to be the most thankful people on the face of the earth. We ask that we could be the most thankful people in this area, in this region. We ask, Lord, that our joy 
and thankfulness in you would be contagious, that our family members and people who don't know you this Thanksgiving would see us and see the joy in us and that they would too, they would turn to you, Jesus. We ask all this and thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.